You are listening to episode 90 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name's John. I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators podcast. We like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and we all float on in this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge. People are really going to start thinking that we're uh, talking about an It video game this go-round. Yeah. Uh, so, dude, exciting. We are, after this, 10 episodes away from the big 100 mark. I know. It's uh, it's coming soon, and we're really excited about it. I don't even think we've come up with, like, an episode 100 plan yet. No. we got to start laying some groundwork. We haven't. I, I kind of want... You know that idea I told you about with StreamYards and everything? And some yeah. Other, yeah. I kind of want to... Maybe we do that for episode 100. That would be an endeavor mm. to try and pull all of those people together. We could see. We, we could see, see what we could do. Yeah, we'll see what we can do on that. Uh, so, yeah, this week we got uh, quite a bit of information. So, Xbox had their showcase, or Microsoft had their Xbox Series X showcase. And uh, we're going to be comparing that, of course, to the PlayStation 5 showcase that came out. And then there's also a couple articles here that I pulled up. I don't know if you, you grabbed those as well, Ryan. You did not. So, um, one of them is a weekend, and Microsoft has pretty much broken its big promise with the Series X. And then also there was information regarding uh, Halo Infinite being on a PC and people looking at the graphics and, and overall laughing uh, because of what they saw. So we'll get into that in a bit. Of course, uh, we'll start off with our big one here. Currently playing, Ryan. I'm excited to, to finally have you playing a game this week. I'm playing a video game, everybody. Can you believe it? A video game podcaster playing a game? Who to thunk? So uh, I picked up Dark Souls 3 from John for free 50 this week. I was, I was week. about to say, like, <laughs> you, you picked up Dark Souls 3. Yeah, he walks into my house on Thursday. And he's like, uh, so I'm going to borrow a video game. I'm like, all right. Grabs Dark Souls 3. I'm like, all right, all right. Grab Dark Souls 3. Have fun. I'll yeah. see you back in a week. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I finally sent back Final Fantasy VII Remake to uh, Gamefly unfinished untouched for like the last month and a half maybe two months i want to say i've had that game since april now and i think i only played it for like a month so we did not beat it we did not get anywhere close to it i will come back to it one day in the future but i just needed to get my money out of gamefly so i sent in and hopefully i'll see paper mario origami king or kingdom or whatever it's called uh I love the Paper Mario series, but I have not heard great things about this game, so I'm not super excited about it, but I'm going to give it a try anyways, just because, you know, to be playing something. Well, in the last Paper Mario game, uh, what is it, Color Splash, yeah. I think, was apparently really bad, so I'm waiting for that one to be like 10 bucks, which I think it already is. I'm going to pick up all the crappy Wii U games when yeah. I get a chance. Who knows? But uh, Dark Souls 3 is fun. I played some Dark Souls 2 I did the Bloodborne thing. Uh, I'm looking forward to Elden Ring. I played some Sekiro, so it's like I'm Souls literate. I get what's going on here. I'm having fun with it. I uh, I did the first boss and the first Crystal Lizard without dying, and that was cool. I felt really cocky, and then I died shortly after a bunch of times. Uh, I got Vort. That was not a challenging fight. I don't know if it's supposed to be. I doubt it is. I doubt anybody has trouble with that fight, probably, but... I didn't, so that was good. I'm feeling pretty confident. My my pyromancy is strong. 
I'm just trying to figure out like where am I going to go with my character's build? Like how much do I want to invest in, you know, the early game weapons that I have? I've got that deep axe that's got like dark infusion on it and that's pretty cool. But I just, I don't know. There's so much to Dark Souls that I want to do it right because I'm probably not going to go back and play this game a whole bunch of times. I'm just waiting for you to get to the Nameless King. That, that's what I'm waiting for. Oh, well, I mean, who knows how far I'll actually get in this game, John? Oh, well, I mean, you beat Bloodborne. You could beat Dark Souls. I did not beat Bloodborne. I didn't beat the final boss. Because <sighs> I thought that you had like the DLC or something. I do have the DLC, but it's it's a download only DLC. Yeah, I know. So I don't have a way to play the DLC. So it's like I was waiting to the, do the DLC before I beat the final boss. Just buy the DLC. It's like 15 bucks. I'm not buying the DLC. <laughs> it was a free game. I'm not buying the DLC for it. <sighs> Kill me, dude. Well, you got to beat the final boss. I will eventually. There's a lot of stuff that I will eventually do, and that might be one of them. Yeah, you, you got to beat that game like that. You're so close. There's it's like Final Fantasy 12 all over again. Story of my life. Jeez, man. Uh, OK, well, what I got to do is I got to start playing freaking Persona because we're over halfway through the year. There's only four months left and I still have probably like 50 hours of that game to play. Yeah, you have got to <laughs> set in stone for the rest of listeners that do it in, well, not inflation, deflation, but a new game's resolution. Yeah, if anybody's new and hasn't been around the last couple new years, what we do every year is we do a new game's resolution where we pick a game that we've always wanted to play. It's always been on the shelf, and it's like, man, I really need to play that game someday. And then we pull it off the shelf, and then John beats his in a reasonable amount of time, and I wait forever. Not last year. Last year I played uh, Sukoden 2, and that one... That took me a while. I mean, I was at that for a good bit. Now, Shenmue, I did beat this year, and that was pretty quick. And initially, I was setting out, obviously, of, let me do Shenmue 1, 2, and 3. After getting a dose of Shenmue 1, I'm like, no. Nah. Yeah. No, not right now. Maybe so that, later. Yeah, Persona 4 Gold Edition for Vita is my new game's resolution, and I've got, like... I played, like, the first 15 hours or something, like, three months ago. <laughs> gotta get back into it, man. You gotta beat it. It's gonna be crunch time. Worst. Crunch time before you know it, man. I'll be on your ass every day at your house, like, knocking on your door. Have you played Persona today? You no, played Persona? No, still playing Dark Souls. Alright, so, uh, any pickups as well, outside of picking up my copy of Dark Souls? Nope. Nope? Okay. Just that Gamefly stuff. So, I had a few pickups this week, not too many. Um, the big one being, uh, Nintendo actually sells refurbed versions of the NES Classic on her website for 50 bucks. So I was like, screw it. Like, let me just buy an NES Classic to put in here too. So I got the NES Classic. I got, um, I think it's Blackstone. Yeah, Blackstone on the Xbox. Picked that up. And that's an Xbox exclusive. Looks kind of RPG-ish. So it caught my attention. It was 20 bucks. Why not? Uh, I got a replacement disc for my Final Fantasy V uh, Anthologies game. Uh, so for whatever reason, my wife was playing it and she was having issues where it was uh, freezing in the middle of the game and game looks fine. So hopefully it's not disc rod or anything like that. I do know it was resurfaced at a point in time. So it's highly possible that the resurfacing damaged that years ago, uh, but I ended up getting a replacement disc. So hopefully she can play that now. And the last thing I got, which was pretty cool, was my copy of EJ and Silent Bob Mall Brawl Premium Edition. Uh, so that's limited to a thousand through limited run games has some pretty cool collectibles in it don't know anytime i'm going to open it up but 
uh, still pretty sweet. And of course, we were able to do that giveaway on our social media pages recently. So um, if you are on social media, catch us on Twitter at Game Deflators, at The Game Deflators on Facebook and Instagram. And of course, find us on all your favorite podcast applications of Podcast Addict, Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts are found, we're there. Uh, and dude, so outside of my pickups, of course, I am still playing tons and tons of Ghost of Tsushima. It is by far like I I hate to say it, but this might be my game of the year. Well, we're halfway through the year. I mean, there's still a lot of cool stuff to come, but you have said that some of that stuff you're more comfortable sitting on. Yeah, exactly. Like, like Ghost of Tsushima was a day one for you, but Cyberpunk is not. No, Cyberpunk is not. Now, I will probably play Cyberpunk, but like you said, not but day one. But if you one. don't play it this year, you won't know if it would have been your game of the year. No, I wouldn't know that. But so far, I'm really kind of a lot like last year was Sekido. Uh, this year is likely going to be Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, if Ghostwire Tokyo is really good, then that'll be three Japanese lore-type games in a row. It'll be perfect. So we'll see. Uh, but no, I, dude, I'm totally enjoying it. Um, I've been doing a lot of side quests. I just finished Act 1 last night of the main storyline. Uh, so as I had mentioned last week, you've got these tales that you go through, and one of them is like uh, this teacher of the bow i forget his name offhand that's how bad i am with some of these games like i don't remember all the names so basically He's that guy in the village that's on the corner with a across bow. from yeah. the other dude across from the other dude so yeah. i forget his name but regardless uh he's the master of the bow and he's got his whole thing then you have masako who i recognize her name and she's basically out for revenge because her family was killed and then you've got uh is it kinji i think is his name he's a um uh, a really shady sake dealer, which is pretty cool. And then you've got like these crazy mythic tales as well. So during the week I played, and these are on, some of these are on YouTube as well, some of the fights that I've had. But I did two, three of the mythic tales. No, two of the mythic tales. No, three. Jeez, I remember three. I'm like, wait a second, how many did I do? All the battles were super epic mm -hmm. for those mythic tales. One of them, you have to get some armor. One is to get a bow with explosive material in it. Or exploding arrows and then there's another one that would be for... awesome a bow that explodes every time you right. shoot it you just explodes. leave it out for somebody to grab <laughs> exactly just watch that pretty bows and explode every now and then so that and then there's like this uh heavenly strike move that i got which i showed you some of that battle and it's just dude it's phenomenal like all of the voice acting in japanese is great the visuals are still awesome the side quests so far don't feel super repetitive. Where it does feel repetitive is instances where I have to collect flowers or I have to collect bamboo or anything along those lines, but that's understandable. Um, I would say the random Mongol battles can get a little repetitive at times when you have to do standoffs. Um, and you really do those to kind of boost up your uh, persona within uh, the islands of Tsushima, so, or Tsushima Islands. So I, I get why you have to do that, but it does get a little repetitive at times with that component. But the stories are great. And like every single type of story I've come across so far is like super unique. One of them the other day was um, I had to help out this. This guy calls me from this village and he's like, hey, uh, one of my neighbors is going off at night. He's doing something really shady. Do you mind following him? Because I think he's meeting with bandits. So you follow him and like it turns out that the bandits are actually protecting people and they're taking items because they're scared the Mongols are going to raid it and destroy it. So you have like this whole side story that comes out. And it's not like I've done five or ten of those. Like 
there hasn't been five or ten bandit good stories where they're helping the people and you're trying to stalk somebody and find out what they're doing. Like, everything feels super unique, and it doesn't... Like, I've seen my wife play a lot of Assassin's Creed and a lot of her missions, and while some of them are, you know, unique in their own sense, this definitely feels different to me than, you know, a standard Assassin's Creed game. So... Well, it should. I, it should. It should, because it's Ghost of Tsushima. But yeah, I, I like it so far, and I... I do like the fact that you're kind of in your own world and you're not going into like the future or anything, whatever the hell Assassin's Creed has, you know, where you're in whatever situation, you're yeah. a normal person and going into that world. It's a very world. grounded yeah. game. It's not like uh, O where it's got like all this extra reality stuff in it and it's not like a really a real place or not really a real time. Yeah, this very much feels like you're making history in a sense which is what assassin's creed like you could see how there's the theory of like a really believable setting and place like yes make but, that like really but with some random guy parkouring from like giant ass buildings and jumping into bales yeah. of hay like that type of stuff is so unrealistic it's unbelievable and the whole futuristic component yeah. versus like I'm in the islands of Tsushima. Like yeah. I am that character. There's no deviating from that. Like mm -hmm. everything I do has consequence and it just, it feels super fluid the whole game so far. So I'm truly enjoying it. I do think it's going to be my game of the year. We'll find out at the end of the year. Who knows? Maybe I'll play some God of How War. How much longer no, do you think it. it's going to take you? Oh, I don't know, man. Like I just finished act one and I'm probably like 15, 20 hours in. Um, I've been doing a lot of exploring. So I'm going to anticipate you're this. taking your time. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. So I think this game's going to take me probably in our 30 hours. I'd say another few weeks to get this game. And I've been playing a lot as well. So it's not like I'm putting it up, you know, for two hours every couple days. Like I'm I'm straight or even like six hours a couple, every couple days. I'm playing probably three, four hours a day of this game right now. And I, it's a lot of fun. So that's where I'm at, dude. All right, uh, let's move into our news of the week. So our first article here is, uh, well, you know what? Let's, you, go. let's do that article first. Yeah, let's do that Breaking Their Promise article. So basically, uh, this article is going to be by Sean Holster of The Verge. Of course, we, for some reason, have to have a Verge article every week. Uh, so this one is one week later. It looks like Microsoft is already breaking a big promise with the Xbox Series X. So one of the big things they said is that the Xbox would be Xbox One would be supported for quite some time afterwards. You'd have games that were released on the Series X as well as on the Xbox. And a weekend, they're already pretty much saying, yeah, there's some games that are not going to be on the Xbox One from the next generation. Yeah, it's not clear. So uh, in the article, he kind of breaks down at the end of a lot of these trailers, we saw the, you know, plastered below the title for Xbox Series X Windows PC, leaving out Xbox One in there. But so one of the things I did notice, too, though, is it said Xbox Series X optimized as well for some of those games. Yeah, there was a few different things that they said, but most of the slides did not say Xbox One. So he kind of broke it down into three possibilities in the article. So either Microsoft broke their promise and they're not going to have a lot of support for Xbox One with new games, or that six out of the nine next-gen exclusives Microsoft showcased today won't arrive until two years after launch, because that's kind of the window they were looking at. So these could just be some really early 
teaser footage that we'll expect to see, you know, announcement launches for in E3 2022. Or somebody screwed up and they just did not put also on X-Bone at the bottom of those. Well, I think one of the key things you have to think about here is in that showcase, you're focusing on the Series X. So I could see it being one of those situations where, yeah, we're not going to show Xbox One support on there because why would we? We're showing the Series X off. Totally get that piece. Now, the other thing to factor in is a lot of those said Game Pass as well. So they don't necessarily need to have a physical distribution on the Xbox One. It just needs to be playable on the Xbox One. So if it's through Game Pass, that's your option. Okay, yeah, you want to play it on the Xbox One? You got to play it through Game Pass. I could totally see that being an option as well. Well, and there could be some delay. They uh, they have a tweet quoted in here from Aaron Greenberg uh, saying that future first-party titles are developed for Xbox Series X first, not saying those games won't ship on Xbox One, only that we are leading with the Series X, and each studio will decide what's best for their game community when they launch. So if they're developing all this stuff for Xbox Series X, and they want it to run on Xbox One, like they're going to have to do the whole development, and then they're going to have to go in and crank all those sliders way down, and then, you know, do whatever else they need to do, and re-release it. Like, it's so weird that, like, they have to, some like, of these games are going to be demade. They're yeah. going to be HD demasters. That's, that's actually pretty funny. Leave it to Microsoft to demaster stuff. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I can see that being an option as well. I really do think that the... Uh, the Series X uh, development of these and then having them through a Game Pass on the Xbox One is probably more of the, the route they'll go. It doesn't make sense to try and release games for the older generation physically when you're going to have your Game Pass as a big push anyways. Plus the PC component of this too. I think every single game that was shown also said available on PC. So, and we'll get into that here in a bit. Uh, anything else you want to mention from this article in particular before we jump into the Xbox showcase? Um, I mean, down below it has, at the bottom, there's a full list of the games and sorted by the console title cards that they said that they would support. So they do have like the definitive list of which ones had which logo on the bottom. And I mean, there's still a bunch of stuff that's going to be good for Xbox One. Psychonauts 2. Well, we'll get into more of this stuff later. We're going to be talking about the games specifically. Okay, well, I mean, this is a good list that we can run off of, really. But Okay, uh, so we just tie this into the other list and go straight in? Yeah, let's go. You know what? Let's look at the uh, the Polygon list that we got here. Okay, so we got a Polygon list. And uh, this list was uh, created by Maddie Myers, so she didn't really create the list. She just kind of pulled it. Assembled the list. Assembled. based like on any good Captain America. And then left it for us to discuss in proper order hopefully. Uh, so everything announced at the Xbox Series X games showcase. Uh, so well, the, would you would you think of the whole showcase? Yeah. Yeah. So I was gonna, I was going to mention that. Uh, so the showcase as a whole, I actually was kind of excited about it, believe it or not, like as a big Sony fanboy, uh, seeing all of those games that will be available for PC. So I don't have to buy an Xbox, but still enjoy it was awesome. Uh, I actually there's quite a few games there. I'm like, I want to play these. Like, for sure. Yeah, I I don't know what happened. I was just talking to John about this the other day, but, like, you know, we've obviously both been so pro PS5 this whole time, and the Xbox has just been staring me in the face the whole time, and suddenly, after this showcase, I had a realization that, like, I, I think I'm definitely going to get an Xbox 
before I get a PS5 because I hate the way the PS5 looks and I want to get the slim one eventually. <laughs> That's a big reason. But yeah, there's a lot of good looking stuff in here. And like the Game Pass is just such a good thing. And if all this stuff is going to be, you know, a bunch of this is going to be available on Game Pass and I'll have access to all the Xbox stuff that I never played. Like it seems like too good of a deal. And honestly, I just like this presentation better than the PS5 release presentation. There was just... And I've gone back and I rewatched the PS5 stuff. And as cool as a lot of that stuff is, it just didn't grab me like a lot of this stuff did. So, I would have to say that my plans right now are to make a new PC. And my idea is pretty much just make a gaming PC that I'll be able to render video footage and stuff for us down the road. So, with that being said, if I have a good gaming PC, I'll be able to run a lot of this stuff. Yeah. No issue. Anyways. Uh, so, that's, you know, kind of the take I'm, I'm going with this is I want to get a new PC anyways. Maybe I get the Game Pass at 20 bucks a month so I can enjoy some of the titles that I saw that I really want to play that maybe aren't available on the uh, PlayStation 5. And then get the PlayStation 5, of course, because of the backwards compatibility piece, piece of it. As well as if there's a you know wireless VR headset that gets announced at some point in time too, so I can finally play these VR games behind me. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it, it was exciting stuff. So let's uh, dig into it. We don't have to go deep into detail for everyone, but we can give some initial impressions. Uh, Halo Infinite was the first one. It looks great. I mean, I haven't played Halo after Halo Three, but I love the Halo universe, and I would totally. I mean, you can't have a new Xbox without having a new Halo. Everybody knows that. I'm still not really sure about, like... It's going to be, like, some kind of, like, open-world more approach or something. Which is the kind of the take that... I mean, maybe they've seen a lot of success with these open-world games. And it looked immediately, like, when I saw them, like, okay, I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima. And seeing the cart and everything, or, or the Warthog, you know, going through the map and the objectives and such. I'm like, oh, they're going to go that route. Like, right off the bat, I was like, that's interesting. Like, that's a different take for, well, for Halo. It's just weird because, like, the whole thing with Halo being, like, a linear shooter... Yeah. Like, is because you're moving the story for, like... Master Chief just doesn't take me as the kind of guy who's, like... Once he goes somewhere and then goes to the next place, he doesn't go back to that first place again because his mission is still that other direction like he's always moving forward towards the next objective and it's just like it can't be any kind of like standard open world like master chief we need you to blah 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 and then come back and it's like master chief don't come back yeah yeah master chief's gonna blow things he goes, up he goes yeah. that way forever he's like here's like five sticky grenades take these i'm gonna be on my way like that, that's how he handles business like he's never even ended one of his games like well, takes his helmet off and, like, lays down in a bed and, you know, has himself a drink. Like, he's never ended a game like that, and I don't see him having the leisure time. But well, hold on. You haven't played anything since Halo 3, so it might happen. I guess. Yeah. It, it'll still be... I mean, it'll be fun. It's a good chance for them to, like, bring in a whole new generation. But we'll see where that goes. Yeah, and then, so there was a little controversy of that as well. After the uh, trailer and such, people were saying, whoa, you know, like... 
the video footage on here is not that great. And it turns out it's a early development, or they say, an early development uh, video or demo that was played via a PC. So that explains a little bit. Um, I forget the name of the guy. Uh, he's... How early development can it be, man? This game's supposed to come out in like three months. Yeah, so here's what's interesting. I don't remember the, uh, the specific person that he's talking to, but I was watching on, I think it was Review Tech USA. Uh, they had a YouTube video I was watching on this. And apparently they were doing an interview with one of the, the main heads of Halo uh, Infinite. And he pretty much said, like, look, you know, we showed it to you on a PC. Uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We've got plenty of time to develop. Each week these guys are making adjustments to this game and it's looking better and better. Uh, you know, on a weekly basis is looking good. So by the time it releases, you're going to be happy with the final product and even urge people to go back and watch the trailer that Microsoft has online. Uh, so obviously they showed it via stream. So he's like, look, go check out the trailer and everything online in 4K and you'll be impressed at that point. So I do have to check that out. But, you know, I there's some aspects of that that you just got to wonder, right? Like, why would you show it on a PC at this point in time? And I know a lot of development or developers show games on PC when they do these trailers and these types of showcases. But if you're really trying to show the power of the Xbox Series X, why would you show it on a PC? You know, like it's that far into development that you had a full blown gameplay video. You should have been able to play it on the Xbox and yeah. show that footage directly. So uh, I do want to see a trailer and, and we'll see how that looks. Okay. So the next one was As Dusk Falls. That looked cool. It was like painterly and interesting. Looked and more like that narrative type of gameplay. It kind of reminded me of that Volcano High School game, in a sense. Not not the same style. Well, just but the, the fact same... that they both showcased like one of those type of like, obviously this is like an indie story driven, yeah. not really a game game. It's like I they're... mean, not, not to say that they're not games, but not like your traditional like this is a launch game that's going to show off all the craziness that we can do. Yeah, it was pretty much like their answer, and not to say that they had an answer, but it was essentially their answer to Volcano High School is mm -hmm. what it felt like. Uh, uh, you know, it did it did seem interesting. I did uh, find the art direction pretty unique in a sense. It kind of had that cell shade type of look to it, but not really. It's like painterly. Yeah, it's, it, very it's odd. definitely definitely different. Uh, so that's one to check out. Avowed, uh, avowed didn't i mean it was a cool looking trailer not like a whole lot of not a whole lot in there to really grab onto too much but it's set in the world of pillars of eternity which is cool and it's done by obsidian and obsidian's great i mean obsidian showed off a lot of stuff well yeah now avowed the really cool thing about that is imagine that with vr that game yeah like i mean we've already got skyrim vr avowed looked pretty good and i mean we're talking uh, Bethesda developers who are, you know, have gone off and made their own studio, essentially, with Obsidian, right? Well, Obsidian was its own studio. I thought Obsidian, didn't they make the uh, the other game? Hold on, I'm just trying to scroll down to it. Oh my god, Outer Wilds. Or Outer Worlds, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Obsidian, from what I remember, is developers that made fallout new vegas correct yeah but they were doing stuff before that yeah too. yeah i know that but what i'm saying is that it's that they've brainchild yeah they've taken that same yeah that yeah. same methodology that they've had for years and you know those are the guys that produce some quality games that are in obsidian so i mean this i know it wasn't super exciting at first to watch that but i think that could be uh that could be a sleeper man it, it'll be cool once we see some more that's the thing it's like you only could see 
so much that they show in these and it's like it's always a great first impression but you always wish that it was mostly just gameplay like just yeah. give me like a good solid gameplay trailer like show me what the loop's gonna be show me like why i'm interested like what i'm actually gonna be doing like you could show me a really cool looking arrow flying through the clouds all day yeah no for sure uh they did have a little bit of gameplay in that video but not so yeah. much uh okay next up no gameplay at all for this this was actually like the final big reveal i don't know why it's here in this list but man fable fable making a comeback i love fable i was talking to john a few weeks ago about fable i i want it i've been thinking about like man i would love to play fable and they answered me like there there we go i mean this isn't gonna be uh you know is it gonna be a full remake of the first one is it gonna be like a new i think it's title? A new entry. Are they doing the god of war thing where they're just using the name again well so it doesn't have a number tied to it um you know maybe it's a reboot i doubt it but it could be uh we haven't looked too much into that or maybe it's just a continuation through a different you know a different character who knows who knows uh i i personally haven't been able to play the fable games uh, because i haven't really been a big xbox fan yeah although i've been picking them up um well really xbox games in general i've been picking those up over the last several years and i want to say fable was re-released on the 360 wasn't it mm-hmm so i'll probably pick sure. up yeah so i'll probably pick up that version in particular uh just to play it through at some point um it's great yeah it does have like you do certain activities that determine you know chaotic evil or neutral or good yeah right? yeah like, yeah you change you change and... your own you change your path essentially throughout the game mm -hmm. and create your own fable i guess yeah. is really the the point of it you level all your stuff up by using it so like the more magic you use stronger your magic gets the more arrows you shoot the more yeah that, shooty your arrows become yeah i've always heard great stuff about it uh the the trailer that they had here didn't reveal a whole bunch but uh i've heard enough about that series over the years it is one i want to get into forza forza looks cool it's a beautiful looking game i always so here's a question for you compare it to gran turismo and what you saw of gran turismo well i just i don't know i think that they're so similar but i just think forza games since i don't play any of those games i've always thought the forza games look cooler than gran turismo yeah i could see that i mean i i really haven't gotten into i mean honestly i haven't gotten into any racing games for years as we talked about in that previous episode uh around the playstation 5 reveal uh but you know it's a racing game i think at the end of the day they're all gonna look beautiful um they do put a a lot of work into both of these series. Uh, so the Forza series as well as the Gran Turismo series have kind of been staples of both of these consoles over the years. And they're going to put everything they can into it to make it that premier type I of mean, racing game. Making cars look sexy is what the car industry does. So it's like they've already given you like you don't have to come up with these gorgeous designs because they're already out there. You in just the world. have to virtualize you, them. Yeah, you just make it look as pretty and close to real as you can and they do an amazing job well and then it even has on here um you know they're gonna have ray tracing native 4k and 60 frames per second so the future of game consoles is here obviously I hope PC all the is... people who work on forza games have nice cars i doubt it i, I do I too it. but i wish they did yeah so you know the 60 frames per second it's sad to say but you know the future is finally here for uh or really the past is here for game consoles because pc's been at this for a long time yeah 120 yeah. is the new yeah that's like the new, new standard you see the ori optimized oh, yeah, yeah. for yeah 120 yeah so sick all right the gunk 
uh, from the creators of the SteamWorld series. I have SteamWorld Dig 2, I think, on Vita, and I've never played it. It was like one of the PS Plus games one month. And uh, they're supposed to be really good. This game looks fun and interesting. You've got like it's your like reverse sucking arm. Yeah, it's like reverse Super Mario Sunshine. Yeah, yeah, you're sucking stuff up instead of splashing water on everything, cleaning up the world. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, fun so, style game. So this is one of those that really did catch my attention, uh, and I'm happy it said PC. Now they didn't really say, and I mean it wasn't on the PS5 showcase either uh, when we watched that. They didn't say which ones are definitely going to be multi-platform, of course, because they're not going to support, you know, another company's logo. Uh, so it does make me wonder how many of these are truly exclusive, timed exclusive. Just announcements. Or just announcements. I mean, there's a ton of PS5 games that were shown that weren't, you know, from the very get-go, they were not going to be exclusive titles. It was multi-plat. Mm -hmm. So it does make you wonder. All right. Next up, Fantasy Star Online 2, New Genesis. This is just more Fantasy Star Online 2 for people who like Fantasy Star Online 2. If you are those people, I am happy for you. It looks cool. I will not be playing this title. I will not either. Now, one title I do plan on playing is you Stalker 2. You knew about 2. this. Oh, I'd, yeah. I'd never heard of these games. So we're watching uh, the showcase together, and I look at what's going on. I see Chernobyl, and I look at Ryan and go, no, Stalker? And he's like, what the hell, Stalker? Dude, this is like, this is an amazing series. Like, it's just great. So I didn't get to finish the first game. Uh, all the way through. I did get pretty far years ago, and it's just one I never did get to revisit. Uh, I'm going to be revisiting Stalker at this point. So it's like this, I wouldn't say post-apocalyptic, but kind of. Uh, pretty much everything, it's like a radiation waste field uh, set in Russia. Uh, and it's a shooter. It's and very Metro-esque. Yeah, yeah. So Ryan immediately said Metro, and my guess was on Stalker right away. And so, yeah, the fact that I saw Stalker 2, I was like, dude, I've got to play this. So when I saw that little on pc as well i'm like all right this is kind of locking me in here for these xbox games moving forward um you know and they're if you think about it i'm kind of their target audience in a sense with that you know and they're doing a good job on that i don't plan on buying an xbox but if i can purchase their game and play it on one of their computers and have windows then that's a win for microsoft in the long run okay the next one which uh, you thought was really cool was state of decay 3 i thought it i mean it I've never played any of this State of Decay series. Uh, they sound interesting. They look like this trailer looked good. I was... Uh, the more I watched this presentation and started to come around to the idea of actually uh, wanting an Xbox, potentially, the more I was like, oh, wow, you know, these are, you know good look at stuff and some of these games are presented with like you know the i don't remember if this one had like the in-game engine like recorded in-game footage or something i think the forza one definitely had that but it's like i don't know the games just i don't know you i don't know, know. you don't know <laughs> State of Decay looked pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I like you, man. I don't I've... know anything about the series, but like for some reason, I'm really interested in that. Knowing nothing about it, like not even any gameplay in the trailer, just like a ravenous deer zombie thing and some chick with a crossbow. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I didn't know that this was what I wanted in my life, but apparently it is for some reason. It is. I mean, here's the really cool thing about this showcase, man. Is like you and I play 
a lot more PlayStation games over the years. Like you had a 360 at one point in time, so you played some of that. But yeah, I've been Sony all the way for many years and have only recently started to get into Xbox titles. And some of these games, like when you see State of the K3, it's like, well, hold on. Have you beaten an Xbox game? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Well, the Halo series, okay. Halo 1, 2, and 3. So I, I played those over the years. And the Gears series, I think Gears of War 1 and 2. So I haven't really delved too much in those since really the 360 days. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I even beat those titles was because my buddy had a 360 and it was multiplayer. So yeah, yeah we played together. Uh, so yeah, State of Decay, it, this immediately got me thinking, wow, there's like so many games that I probably missed out on and have missed out on on the Xbox that now I want to go back and play. So I'm super stoked to have the 360. Game Pass. Game Pass will be a good option for that moving forward. And yeah, I'm definitely stoked to get into some Xbox games. All right, next up, Tetris Effect Connected. Uh, now you can play Tetris with other people. Well, you've been able to play Tetris with other people. Right, yeah, but now you can do it again. Okay, and it's Tetris. And so, it's effective. And it's effective, yeah. It's super effective! We'll, we'll skip over that one. All right, uh, Warhammer 40, well, 40K Dark Tide. Yeah, I... Uh... <laughs> Look, it's a, it's a four-player co-op game. It's going to be in 4K. Uh, it should be in 40K. It should be in... <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Look, so, I mean, it's... It's, it's a gonna series. Be sick. That, it's gonna be chaos. Yeah, it's gonna be nuts. So, like, well, no, uh, chaos is a faction. Like, I'm pretty sure that like that's a group of uh, what are they? The Republic Commandos or something? I can't remember what they're called. I'm gonna get killed by the Warhammer people out there. But well, look, I've got Warhammer Imperial this- Guard. They're Imperial Guard, and they're going into this temple, and then it looks like there's some crazy like chaos zombies or something going on on the side. I, I like the 40k universe. I played a lot of, uh, well, I painted a lot of 40k miniatures, and I tried to play the game. I like the. Uh, and then you realize how damn expensive Warhammer actually is to play. Yeah, I like the Space Marine game on 360. That was fun. I have it on PS3, so I do want to play that. Yeah, the um, what are the Warhammer 40k, uh, RTSs. For PC, I played the first one of those. That was fun. I've got one on the PS2 as well, actually. There's a bunch of There's cool stuff. Like Warhammer took this approach. I heard somebody talk about this once, where they basically took their license and just shotgunned it out there. And they were like, "Hey, man, anybody who wants a piece of the F- Warhammer property to de- develop stuff for it, go nuts." And like through doing that, they got a lot of people to develop a lot of different games. And eventually find some success in there instead of putting all your eggs in one basket and just letting one person develop one game and hoping that that's going to be a success. Well, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a good approach, because, of course, if that one developer screws it up, then the whole franchise is kind of down the tube anyways with uh, the video game series versus. Yeah, you're right. Like if you have multiple developers taking on this, it's you're going to at least if you have 100 people developing, you're going to get at least one. Right. Yeah. You get the name out there like. A lot of people aren't really familiar with what Warhammer is, probably, but this isn't going to be the first time people have seen the Warhammer logo associated with video games. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so the next one was Crossfire X. Uh, you know what, man? It's another shooter. It, you know, it uses Unreal Engine 4. It's a shooter. Uh, it's developed by, um, you know, I guess the campaign developer or a control developer, uh, Remedy Entertainment. So Control was supposed to be really good. 
I would still like to play that. This doesn't really interest me. It's just another like modern military shooter of some kind. Yeah, you know, over the years, there's just been so many shooter-based games like, uh, you know, Battlefield and Call of Duty and you've got this and it's just, there's so many of them. I'd rather be shooting aliens in Warhammer. Yeah. Than shooting yeah. a... Or Halo. Than another game where you've got an M16. Yeah, I just, it kind of over the years is really, I don't know, it's just not something I really like anymore. So I, I guess, I don't know if you call it an evolution or de-evolution. I mean, this was like a really popular game. I didn't even see this before. So apparently the original Crossfire became the most played game by worldwide player count. But that was a decade ago. Yeah. So this could be really big. And I guess I just don't know anything about it. You know what? At the end of the day, it's another shooter. Yeah. That's, that's really what it is. So, Destiny I mean, we'll two, find out. Beyond Light. And, and also, Destiny. if it is not another shooter, please let us know. Uh, so maybe there is some interest for us. Uh, dude, Destiny 2, I don't think was in the showcase, was it? Yeah, it was. Oh, it was? It's okay. just more Destiny 2. Destiny's okay. cool. I played a ton of Destiny, but, you know, I'm not going to play that again. Everwild, this one looked awesome. This is the rare one. And, and it had a Sky Bison. No, it didn't. But it had something that looked like Appa. Yeah. It was close enough. It looks really gorgeous. Um, big fan of rare. Well, Both it, of us. And it has that, like breath of the wild type of vibe to it plus that like you know it it did have that type of artistic direction that we've kind of grown to know and love over the last few years so it did immediately catch my attention and i'm so disappointed that microsoft purchased rare years ago <laughs> it'll really be fine i know i know next up another obsidian game grounded this one looks dope this one was a cover for game informer magazine a few months ago and i read some stuff about it it's like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids Fortnite. Yeah, so these, uh, these last two games, or not last two, but these next two games, Grounded being one of them, were the ones that I felt were the coolest yeah. out of this entire showcase. And I do like, I mean, you know how I am. I like world-building style games. Yeah. So anything I can do to like build up society and build buildings and yeah. also play a game and, and collect and everything else. Have you played the Dragon Quest Builders? Just supposed uh, to be dude, really I, I want to so bad, but I don't have time. There's so many backlog games. It's on my list of stuff to purchase. Uh, it seriously is. Uh, so I do like that style of gameplay. Um, I'm not a big fan of Minecraft, but something like this, I do like. Like picking up like blades of grass and rocks and twigs and making weapons and making buildings and being in like this different setting is just super cool to me. Like. You, you always have that, that thought in your head of, like, what would it be like to be an ant or a bug or something like that? Like, how would that world look? This kind of puts you in that situation. Yeah. And it's so, a great idea for a game. Like, yeah. I, I can't imagine there haven't been, like, there's been plenty of games that have played with this. But usually when I've seen it, it's been more of, like, an Alice in Wonderland type of approach to getting smaller. Yeah, not like this. Yeah, rather than, like kids in a backyard which honey i shrunk the kids is such a classic movie like i'm sure that there's video games like poor super nintendo games of that but like this will be fun yeah this will be a good one to play and just hang out yeah i'm excited and if there's any yeah and there is co-op so i mean this is one that you know if i get it on pc and you get it on xbox we could totally play this one together oh man we gotta hurry up we got a lot more stuff on here oh we do yeah. how much more do we get uh, well, some of these weren't shown. All right. Well, Medium. Medium was shown. Me and John both think that this was probably the coolest thing we saw. Yeah. So Medium, I 
liked a lot. It's basically two. Uh, it's a dual reality. Basically. It reminds me of Silent Hill. Yeah, it uh, like the room actually. Where Silent there's Hill like the room. Uh, two versions of the world. Yeah, it, it definitely did remind me of that. Um, there was a creepiness tied to it. It's supposed to come out in 2020. I'm really crossing my fingers that it comes out on PS4 as well. Um, but if not, PS5, we'll see. At worst case scenario, PC. So I thought it was pretty sweet. You definitely got to check out the trailer on that one. Um, you know, as Ryan said, multiple realities. Uh, one of them looked like a, one of the people looked like a magic user in that other world. Yeah, something. Yeah, it was super crazy. And they had like during the trailer, you got both sides being shown like at the same time or it flips really quick between it. So you have like the one character who's walking through a hallway and then they quickly transition to the other to show you what that reality looks like in the same walking so i thought that was cool uh, obsidian again yeah so this is just looks like what an expansion right yeah Yeah. just more content for outer worlds you like outer worlds get it yep peril of the gorgon um peril on gorgon peril on gorgon or of the gorgon uh either way that one looked pretty interesting uh outer worlds is a game that i've had my eye on but uh, dude if they're going to continually start pumping out stuff like this similar to what they've done with the fallout series i'm waiting for a game of year edition Mm -hmm. so uh psychonauts 2 was the next game uh if you played the first psychonauts and enjoyed it this looks like it's going to be more of the same and just i would love to fun. play psychonauts i've never played it it I've, looks fun i've this got it on the fun. xbox yeah i'd like yeah. to play them i think it was released on the ps2 as well so that, that does kind of you know this I think is it was one of the xbox original title it was but it was on the ps2 as well and they had a, a ps4 release as well for another one plus there's the uh, um psychonauts vr uh, that was mm. also released on PS4. So this is one of those that, unless Microsoft purchased a studio that makes this, and I didn't know, this will be multi-plat. Gotta love Double Fine. Yeah. Okay, so tell me why looks like the next entry yet is. It's pretty much the the developer that made Life is Strange. This is pretty much another game in that same nature, apparently. Or it's the next type of game from that developer. So it did look fairly interesting, but you know, after playing Life is Strange 1... I don't know if I'd really want to play another one of those anytime soon. You know, it it had its fun, it had its moments, but if that's all this developer is going to make, I don't know if I'm interested. So I definitely want to at least see more of this game and, and be, you know, with an open mind as to what they're presenting. Uh, but it didn't really didn't really pique my interest. How about you? Um, no, I'm, I'm just not into that genre. It's not really up my alley my wife loves the life is strange series and i just i'd rather play something else uh i don't think this one was in the showcase but uh balan wonder world is yeah, on the list i'm here. looking at the trailer right now it it it's uh, supposed to be an action platformer theatrical type base uh that's set in a land called wonder world so that's why square enix it's uh, a platformer where you wear different suits to become different things to do different stuff yeah so Mario, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but by Square Enix. Yeah. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven S Echoes of an Elusive Age, Definitive Edition. So yeah. We so knew. many subtitles. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Echo Generation. I don't know if you saw this one on the uh, the trailer. I don't. I don't believe this was. No, part I didn't of it. see this one there. Okay, so Echo Generation. I watched a trailer today actually on that. I one. think all of these from there on out are all not ones that were shown no the ori was shown yeah okay. so if you haven't seen echo generation check that out like it it kind of felt like earthbound 
in a way, like a pixelated next-gen Earthbound. And it had some really, like, synthetic-type music going on in the background. And it's, like, a, it's a turn-based adventure game. So mm. you've got, like, RPG elements tied in on there. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, this does look really cool. Yeah, so that's one that... That was another one that piqued my interest. And that one I watched after the fact. And then uh, Ori, uh, Will of the Wisps. Uh, that one, they actually showed what a was released new... in the past and then what was going to be on Xbox and showed the frame rates and how that's going to be different. Yeah, it looks so, crazy. Yeah, so that was really cool. And Ori um, games so far, I mean, there's Nintendo Switch has one. Uh, and then the second one was released on the Xbox One. They look beautiful, dude. Like the artistic direction on those games is phenomenal. So that's one that really does well, draw me and in. That was a like already really good looking game. So it's being made to look even better. So who knows? Like we've been absolutely just landslided with HD remakes of stuff. And I mean, we got the darks or the not Dark Souls, the uh, Demon Souls remaster announcement with the PS5 and stuff. So it's like they're never going to stop just trying to sell you the same old game with a new shiny coat. But man, if it doesn't look like it's worth it. <laughs> Yeah. When you see it. Yeah, Ori But it's like, good, what am man. I going to do? Like, so this is supposed to be like up to 8K 120 hertz. You got to get an 8K TV, Ryan. Yeah, but th that's the big barrier of entry. It's like, okay, so I guess I need another new TV. I just got a new TV a couple years ago. You'll probably be able to stick with 4K for a while. Like, I don't plan on getting an 8K TV for a bit. Oh, my you gosh. Know? Know. Uh, okay, so we'll jump into the PS5 games that were shown, and then we'll do a quick comparison before we go into our inflation deflation well, of this week. We've already seen all the PS5 yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just, just going to What do you think on here is comparable? I'm just going through the list really quick. You had uh, Astro's Playroom. You had Bug Snacks. Uh, let's see. Uh, Death Loop. Was the other one Demon Souls, Destruction All Stars? Uh, I don't think Dustborn was on there, but it might have been. Uh, we've recently seen Far Cry Six for both consoles. Ghostwire Tokyo, Godfall, Godfall was another one. Goodbye Volcano, Gothic apparently is uh, going to be on both consoles. Gran Turismo Seven. Uh, we don't care about GTA because it's you know GTA. Uh, Hitman Three is supposed to be on both. Horizon Forbidden West. I keep wanting to say Zero Dawn. Um, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, Little Devil Inside was another one. Oh, Avengers. That game looked so good. I forgot about that one. Marvel Avengers, uh, Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales. A uh, recent one that we just saw in here, Marquette, which is a first-person puzzle game. Marquette. Yeah, Marquette. So, I, yeah, I keep thinking Marquette is at college. So, I want to see that one, see how it looks. NBA 2K21, we already know that was going to be on both. Oddworld was another one. Uh, let's see, what else do we got? Pragmata. Project mm. Athea was another one. Um, we had the, uh, was it Rememberal, I think? Was the name Returnal. Returnal, yeah. You see, the, the name sucks. Village. Uh, Resident Village, Evil Resident Evil 8, yep. And then you had Ratchet and Clank. Uh, let's see. Sackboy's Adventure. Um, just going down the list. Stray was another title that was shown. So this list that we have here, this is, this huge. is the all yeah. the PS5 games list we know on of. Tech Radar. Yeah. So and that's all. I just really covered the ones that, uh, that were at the that were at the showcase and the announcement. So based on both of those announcements and what was shown, honestly, I would say it's kind of like equal for me at this point. You know, there's some games I'm excited about on the PS5, but there's a lot of games that feel like new IPs 
on the Xbox that, well, I mean, they are new IPs, but games on the Xbox that I really am interested in playing over PS5 games. Like, there are quite a few, actually. So I, I would have to say it's even for the part that, you know, you're going to have your God of War, even though it wasn't showcased, there's rumors it's coming out pretty soon, at least a, a trailer. You've got Horizon, which was a phenomenal game. The Spider-Man game was great. Uh, Stray looked interesting. So there's plenty to like about what's going to be on the PS5, but there's a lot to like on the Xbox Series X as well. And, of course, PC, where it'll be living, living too. So... Dude, having seen both of those showcases, are you more excited about the Xbox or are you more excited about the PS5 or are you kind of just excited about the next generation in general? I mean, I've got a super, super good cop-out excuse because I can just say I don't like the PS5's design enough to buy it. So I don't really have to make a choice because I'm going to get a PS5. I'm just going to wait for a better looking one. And then the decision is just, do I buy an Xbox Series X or do I wait and see if they're going to have, like, if they had a $40, like, a month for an Xbox Series X, like, digital edition, or if the regular Series X will play all Xbox One and 360 games and, and Xbox and Xbox stuff, like, that's, like, such a backwards compatible monster at that point. Like, you couldn't help but buy the the disc edition for an extra 20 bucks, but it's like, would I pay 60 bucks a month for an Xbox series X? Maybe not. That might be a little too much, but if I could pay like 40 bucks for a digital edition, I'm going to only be using the game pass. It looks like all the games I'm going to want to play are going to be on the game pass. Anyways, like that might be tempting enough to pull me. Yeah, I mean, it's all going to come down to pricing. We don't know what any of this stuff is going to cost. No, it could be I saw 700 speculation bucks. <laughs> that it was like going to be 450 for the disc one and then like 350 or 300 for the digital edition. And I was like, I can't imagine it would be $150 less, but I don't remember what I noted. I want to say I said 450 on a disc-based uh, version of the PS5 and then you'd be looking at about 300 to 350 on a digital only mm -hmm. we'll find out i mean they could surprise us go even lower i doubt it uh but dude so looking at it you know from the perspective of just wanting to play a lot of these games i'd have to say i'm just excited for the next generation in general yeah. i'm not leaning towards one way or the other like i would probably lean i guess I'll, I'll step back on that i would probably lean towards ps5 only because of the backwards compatibility component of it and having so many playstation 4 games as is yeah that's where i would step in and play or buy a ps5 versus the xbox i have options right so i can get a digital edition and not really care because i i don't have a big library of xbox games uh, or i just soup up a pc and play the games on pc and buy an xbox controller so uh i'm excited for all of these games um there's going to be a lot of new ways to approach the next generation yeah and we've got options and the fact that like both of us are interested in the xbox at all or even i guess just the game lineup at all is a real testament because like I did not feel any of this at all with the Xbox One launch. So it's like they've really become successful enough to bring me back and to want to be a part of the fold again. Yeah. You know, there's just something about how well they've done with this approach that I'm I'm game again. Yeah, and it makes you wonder what Nintendo's response is gonna be to all of us too, because I mean Nintendo doesn't need to respond. They're going to keep well, making Zelda and Mario, and we'll all buy them till we die. Okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. They're not going to have a next-gen console. 
who knows what they're going to release. Okay, so... Of course, let us know what you think about the overall next generation, what's happening on our social media pages. So Twitter at Game Deflators and then Facebook and Instagram at The Game Deflators. And of course, catch us on uh, all those podcast applications if you're listening. Uh, if you're catching us on Podcast Addict, thank you. If you're on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever they've got going on there with Apple, uh, leave a five-star review. We'd rather have six, but leave a five-star review for us. Okay, dude. Uh, next thing. Oh, and at TheGameDeflators.com find us on there okay our uh, inflation deflation of the week this week we did gravity rush oh man you're hiding everything gravity rush <laughs> gravity rush was developed by sie japan studio team gravity published by sony computer entertainment directed by keichiro toyama and uh it came out in the U.S. We played the PS4 version, by the way. So that version came out here, North America, February 2016. Original released on the Vita in 2012. I've played the Vita version. This was my first time playing the PS4 version. I think Gravity Rush is a dope game. I think it's a cool art style. I think it's a cool world with cool powers. And I've obviously never beaten it because it's a game that I've played. Well, yeah. Uh, here's a couple interesting things on it. So it takes place in a world of Hexville so far from what we play. And you play as Cat, who has a cat with magic powers, it seems, uh, so far from what we went through. And uh, there's like black miasma coming out of the sky, destroying this world of Hexville. And you're running around doing missions from what we played. Yeah. And of course, you get the battle component and the floaty component and whatnot going on for the gameplay. Uh, one key thing to point out here before we move forward into the overall game and pricing and everything else is this was released exclusively through Amazon. So you're not going to find it anywhere else outside of now GameStop and eBay. Amazon made, I think, two runs of this and that was it. So we're talking a super limited run, um, like truly a limited run of a game, uh, that didn't have a whole lot of popularity. And then obviously when Gravity Rush 2 came out, people started looking back at Gravity Rush 1 and figuring, oh crap, I can't buy it on Amazon anymore, me being one of those people. So, uh, dude, so I agree with you. I thought the artistic direction of this was awesome. I've started to like more and more of that cel-shaded style of game uh, that this delivers. Uh, I think the comic style approach on the, comic the dialogue presentation for was the cutscenes that's is super fun. Really cool. And they do include some of the audio components in there too. So if somebody falls in a comic, you hear it. I wish that they like, I wish that there was like a comic app that just presented the panels like that. Like one panel flying in at a time, like with direction and effects and sound and stuff, man, that would make comic book like reading super hype yeah for sure i mean it is super hype you already just Ryan. sit back on your tv and just like hit x on the controller and it's like whoa she whoo. we're talking about uh mr hates dc uh okay so uh dude so the only qualm i had with this at least early on and i know this is something that will get fixed as i progress through this game over time is the controls so having to decide if i want to shift with the overall control and move it in general directions to be able to you know, get my float where I want it, or if I use the right thumbstick. Well, basically what you want to do is use the right thumbstick to dramatically move your camera, and then you can just use that for little last-second fine-tuning. Yeah, and, and it's something that I wouldn't say it's bad, right? That's something that will, over time, it's like any game. you got to get used memory. to the control. Yeah. So that if anybody doesn't know what Gravity Rush's big shtick is, is that 
you can change your orientation of gravity. So you just aim your controller up into the sky and all of a sudden gravity's going that way. You aim it at a wall, all of a sudden gravity's going that way. So you can just like whoosh flying, but instead of flying, you're really falling in whatever direction you're going. And it's, it's a totally different kind of control style than what a flight game would be because you're going down instead of forward. Yeah, exactly. And then obviously your your gravity doesn't stick for long, so you could be like way up in the air and all of a sudden it's like, oh, your gravity ran out down into the ground, yeah. you know, where you were. It becomes very fun and very... Uh, it's interesting when you're in battle because you can float stationary and then like just bounce between enemies uh, and you can get really good at your controls and you can be like pretty fast at moving around and it becomes like a really fun playstyle the more you play um from what i can remember the story is like okay but like the missions and stuff it's a lot of flying around collecting crystals and stuff and smashing a lot of those same like pretty generic mob blob so things. it's got some repetition tied yeah into it. it's just it's a really compelling presentation and I don't think that you really need to push that too far to be really successful. And this is a like really well-liked game, but I feel like the reason that they never were just like smash successes is because there are certain things that hold this game back from being like more than like a critical a success, fun really. novelty. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not like what portal was with its unique approach to some kind of simple mechanic that really played out in a, they could have developed this or changed just the mission structure or something to have made it more compelling to go back to play and finish is yeah. what I remember. It's been a few years since I played it. So I can see that. So um, actually one of the guys that, uh, that we know church over at game grinder did a full review uh, a while back. So you can check out his on, on at game grinder. Uh, so he did a gravity rush <clears throat> review and he liked it a lot. So mm -hmm. I, I was really compelled to like play this game based on his review. In fact, his review is a reason that I even wanted this game to begin with. Like I saw them. I was like, okay, this looks really dope for sure. Um, well, let's so, get down to what it would take for you, the listener yeah. to own this game. Go ahead, Ryan. He hid all. So we normally have like a nice TV with all the prices and I can see it and we'll switch off. No, no, he didn't include Flying it. Flying by the around. seat of our pants for this week, John. It's it's the theme of the game. Ryan was so excited to record this other episode we had planned. And then, yeah. And I'm like, no, Ryan, we have to talk about the Xbox. Well, damn, it's like three weeks in a row now. I can't do this other episode. All right. So loose eleven dollars. And uh, that peaked when this game came out. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. It's not loose $11 for Gravity Rush. You're looking at the Vita, dude. There's oh, no is way. Gravity Rush 2, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I was like, there's no flipping way yeah, $11. Yeah, I didn't think so, okay. Oh my god. Gravity Rush Remastered, sorry. $117.45 loose. Thank you. <laughs> and that peaked... Uh, that should be its peak, I think. Peaked last month at $122.50. Complete in box will run you 136.81 that also peaked back in June at 143.26. Uh yeah, not Gravity Rush 2. That's what I was looking at. Wait, before. did you just say it's 186 right now? 
No, 136. Oh, 86. God, man, I got both your loose and your complete like jumbled for some reason. Yeah, I, I'm doing a bad job this week. <laughs> he's he's doing a terrible job, folks. So, uh, yeah, so basically we're looking at about 130 dollars right now. 140 a month ago, which is the about original, when I got it. The original Vita is just so you know, 3561 loose and 4495 complete in box. Much, much more reasonable. Yeah. And the PAL version is super cheap. The PAL, PAL Gravity Rush remastered is 24 bucks. Yeah, and you can play that. So they actually have, uh, um, I think it's they have two versions. I think they have a Chinese version with English subtitles. And then they have one that's, you know, just a PAL release. So you could play those on your PS4. I mean, there's no region lock, so you do have that option. But as a North American game collector, of course, I have to get the other one. Yeah. You know, uh, OK. You so, don't want all those Peggy ratings. No, no. I've already got a couple Peggy ratings like Peggy 16. And I still wonder what the hell Peggy means. So, all right. We're looking at complete from a collector standpoint on 136 right now. I bet everybody knows what we're going to rank this one, Sean. You know what? I might surprise you. So I paid 60 bucks for this copy because I found a GameStop that randomly had it one day. And I haven't gotten all the way through it yet. But I'm going to put this up to the same standard we did for Castlevania when we had the Sega Saturn Shira podcast on. That game was super flippin' expensive on the PS1. I think it's like, what, 90 to 100 bucks. And we deemed that... The price itself was inflated, but the game itself was worth playing. So if you were to come across it at a good price point, or if that's something that you're super interested in playing, it was okay for that price given the game. I would say something like this, the nature of this game and the history behind it in it being an exclusive for Amazon, not a super high print run. I, I really want to see the final like numbers of how many were made, to be honest, but it's not like this game has millions of copies worldwide, not even hundreds of thousands of copies worldwide that I know of. So I would say from a $136 standpoint, if you look at the rarity component, like the legitimate rarity component tied to it for a PS4 title, and you look at it from that end plus the gameplay, I would say it's inflated in price, but if you say found a copy for 100 bucks it would be a pretty good deal only because of that rare component. If you take the rarity out of it and just say, Hey, like the Godzilla game, for example, is another one of those like rare games. I, I don't know if any game this generation is worth 130 something. Plus you've also got to fit factor in. What if it gets re-released? What if it's on the PS five? You know, there are digital versions of this game out there. There is a Vita version that's out there. You know, there's other ways to play it. So, you know, if you're looking at it from a collecting standpoint, sure, 130 seems reasonable given that where it's at. But I would still say it's inflated. I mean, this game spent most of its life under the hundred dollar mark. Yeah. Like, I just think I that, think it was only after like Gravity Rush 2 that the game started to go up in value. Well, it started to go up in April. Like, this looks more like the COVID bump that a lot of games have gotten. Because it's really only spiked up just after this, after being, you know, for the last three years, peaking at like 86 bucks. Which is still kind of pricey for a PS4 yeah, game. Yeah, but it's think $50 about it. cheaper than what it's at now. I'm saying that this is inflated and 
eventually it might keep going up like this might be your best entry point if people are going to realize that they want to keep this game and don't want to sell it and it's going to just get more expensive to find this might just be it this might be the best it's ever going to be the vita is a great option that's what i played mostly on and i i would advise just getting the vita version over well, this and here's the thing too to factor in on this it's a ps4 game it was amazon exclusive it was remastered from a Vita game. No, I are get they, all that, but I no, still no, no, think it's inflated. No, what, you know, I get that. What I'm saying is, are they even going to consider making this on PS5 or any future console? No, I don't think so. No, exactly. So, you know, there are other versions. You've got the Chinese version. You've got PAL. You've got Vita. You've got other entry points. If you are looking at this from a North American collector standpoint, then yeah, you're right. This might be a good entryway into that. I don't know how much a COVID bump is really affecting PS4 games. I don't think it's affecting it that much. I mean, that's when this happened. It was April 2020. Well, yeah, I guess so. Regardless, it's uh, it's expensive. <laughs> it's inflated. It's definitely up there. And uh, yeah, so you're uninflated. I'm uninflated. The game's inflated. 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 But definitely check it out. Uh, there are digital releases of the game as well. So you can get it super cheap. Okay, uh, dude, our next episode that we're going to be releasing is going to be a PS1 based episode. So, we are going to be playing Ray Crisis next week on the PlayStation 1. Uh definitely give us a listen. Uh that should be a, a game that we can get through quite a bit next week. So, I'm definitely stoked for that one and uh we'll see if it's really worth that. What is it? $140 or something? 150. 150. I picked that up recently. So, that's part of that massive game collection I picked up not too long ago. That happened to be one of the titles in there, and I think I had a copy of it as a matter of fact like a second copy. So that worked out. Okay. Well, that being said, man, uh, this has been episode 90 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name's John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening. 